1: Well, thanks for joining us at the Beyond the Call, the podcast resource of Star Church, where we're trying to get voices in the mix about church planning, pastoring, and how to lead a great organization. Today, I've got a good friend, Derek Neese here from ARC, is joining us. Derek, thanks so much for being on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to to get to be a part of this.
1: So I've known you for a while, but for our listening audience, tell us a a bit who you are, what your role is at ARC, and kind of what your day-to-day functions are.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm the CFO at Association Related Churches. I've been on the team for about eight years now, uh, going on eight years now. Um, it's been an awesome journey. Got to come on board whenever we were, you know, around 200, uh, and, and around the church plants that we had planted it was about 200, seen, you know, 600 plus churches launched since, you know, oh, wow. I've been a part of it, which has been amazing. It's been cool to see the organization grow and evolve. Uh, we had 10 people on staff roughly when I came on eight years ago. We're over 40 now. So we've kind of really been able to grow, see, um, you know, and learn from and, and, and build some great relationships with groups like Start Church in that journey. Um, but yeah, came on eight years ago uh, as the first accountant ARC had hired. My role's evolved into kind of a CFO where I oversee the finances and accounting, the HR um, our funding mechanism for the church planning process, when we match dollar for dollar what a church raises and fund them uh, before they launch, and then uh, HR and facilities is kind of the the, the umbrella that that I get to wow. be a part of overseeing at ARC. Um, prior to ARC, I, I had a, a lot of great experience that I uh, I had in the corporate world. So I worked at Southern Company, which for those of you in you know, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida know that's kind of the, the holding company, utility industry company that does Alabama power, Georgia power, uh, Gulf power in Florida and Mississippi power in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So I was in internal auditing there and internal controls and compliance for publicly traded companies. I was in those departments um, helping in the accounting area. And then prior to that, did a little public accounting for a public accounting yeah. firm in Mississippi, Horn. Um Moved to Birmingham, you know, roughly eight years ago, and started going to Highlands and uh, fell in love with Highlands. I, I was saved at that point, but but hadn't I tell people I hadn't fallen in love with church yet until I got to Highlands and got submersed yeah. in the culture of what they've uh, been a part of creating and plugging people into serving and uh, they're and being fulfilled in their calling. And so I loved that. Um, it felt like I was called to ministry, and so started praying about that, and that led to. Um, through really a guide connection uh, through an interview with Michael Smith and uh, came on the team eight years ago, like I said, and it's been an incredible journey since then.
1: That's awesome. Well, the thing I love about you know what you're doing is you're helping a lot of areas with church planners that they're typically not strong in, right? You mentioned finances, mm-hmm. budgeting, HR, mm-hmm. those sort of things. Let's, let's jump into that. We're at the end of the year here. It's November 20th uh, at the point of this recording. Let's talk about people that are pre-launch, right? What are you kind of coaching them right now to be thinking about in some of these strategic compliance areas? What are you kind of encouraging them to think about during this part of the year?
2: Yeah, really, really for those that are in pre-launch, the main focus is, is uh, as it relates to finances is fundraising. I mean, it's never too early to start doing that. If God's put a vision on their heart and they're starting to do that. Um, And you guys do a great job coaching them through, you know, um, how to get that 501c3 and what it looks like fundraising prior to getting that. But uh, fundraising, never too early to start doing that. And then thinking about your launch day budget. Uh, so, what is your target that you're trying yeah. to hit as you are out fundraising? Because both those things are intertwined. Um, you know, you want to go into meetings whenever you're fundraising and be able to give a budget and show people what, what their dollars are going towards to cash the vision for what God's put on your heart. Yeah. And so, making sure they're doing those two things. And then really for us, we're coaching our planters that are coming through our pipeline, no matter where they're at in the process, to start preparing for how they're going to be assessed by ARC. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're not the only model, but I think we have a great model for launching large um, as a church. And we assess three areas, their marriage, their money, and their ministry Mm -hmm. experience. And so their money piece is their personal finances. Um, Can they steward well their own personal finances before God's going to entrust them to steward the finances of a congregation and people's tithes and offerings? Um, And so we're making sure that they're thinking about that. Is there things that they have debt that they need to reduce so that they can they can go through our assessment process as it relates to personal finances and and pass that and be healthy financially. Um, So really those things are the main things marriage and uh, ministry experience marriage side of things is basically just like it sounds is their marriage healthy. There's a lot, you know, stress that can be involved early on in the launch process and building something from scratch in a community. Sometimes, you know, nobody, you're parachuting in making sure their marriage is strong to, 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 Go through that and then also be able to be a great example to the, the church that they're going to lead. Um, and then their ministry experience. So they have ministry experience in a life giving art church model yeah. where they learn things like finances and, and our, our model for that and uh, learn how to lead and, and build teams and, uh, and operate the, the, the model and playbook that art puts out there. So that's really the main things that, that we, we, we strive for them to focus on.
1: Hey there, listeners. Do you know that more than half of the pastors in the United States report that reaching a younger audience is a major issue within their ministry? Well, you're not alone. One of the key strategies is by having an online presence. And at Start Church, we have found a way to make this complex task simple. Even if you don't have any website building experience, our website builder, Start Sites, is an easy to use tool for everyone. You can create a fully responsive and customizable website For only $29 a month. And have it ready to receive online giving for your church in less than an hour. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by visiting StartSites.org. It would be our honor to serve you. And now, back to the podcast. Do you, um, let's talk about the other guys. So a certain amount of people listening to the podcast have already launched. We've got thousands of churches Mm -hmm. that we've been able to to partner with, and obviously a lot of people are listening to that. What do you encourage in that first year? Mm -hmm. Uh, We get the question a lot, you know, I don't know what my budget's going to be, or I don't know what my income really is going to be more than anything. I know what the expenses would be. How do you counsel them, uh, let's say the first six months, they have fluctuating income. What's your advice to working through that budgeting process?
2: Yeah. So if their board is set up in a way for the approval of the budget where they'll allow it, I recommend a lot of times to do, hey, do a six month budget. Um, mm-hmm. If ARC's coming alongside you for the first six months to say, hey, we're going to help you meet a budget of $13,500 a month, what we helped them meet. Let's, If that's doable and feasible, let's let the, make that your budget. That's locked in for six months. And let's, let's start to reevaluate as we sure. get to that six month window and and do kind of a floating budget. Now that does require your board to be involved in a you know not a one year until they're approving another budget. They're going to have to yeah, get on sure. the call and approve that process. But um, I would say making sure that you get that approval from them, and then maybe doing a six month floating budget um, and reevaluating at the end of that.
1: So you're talking about surplus or or, or deficit, and saying here's where we are. And again, yes. with, with the arc, you're going to matching, so it's a little yeah you know. That's another brilliant reason to partner with (laughs) ARC.
2: Yeah, whenever you're, you know, once you're established, the two main things that your board's looking at to approve a budget is one, uh, what's the what's the income and expenses look like in the prior year? So are you, you know, at ARC, we believe in budging off 90% of last year's income. So you build margin in there and have ability when opportunities that God puts in front of you, you have ability to take advantage of those because you have capital on hand. You're not that. spending what's not proven yet. Yeah, exactly. So they're looking at that. And then they're also looking at what's your cash on hand. So meaning if you have a surplus, you have a lot of cash on hand, they may approve some uh, strategic projects, some strategic investments that, they may kind of approve outside of the normal budget of right. that 90%. So they're waiting to see what, you know, the main thing they're looking at is what's the income and expense, and then what is your cash on hand? And so if you wait and, and you do a six month budget, then you reevaluate it the six months, they can really see those two things well, because now you're established. Right. You've gotten past your launch day budget. You've gotten in and you've operated for a few months for them to be able to see what that looks like.
1: Is there a certain do you guys recommend a certain percentage of savings per? Like I know typically a lot of planners we go all in, and might yeah. have a little money left over for week two. You know, do you have a percentage say now that you have income coming in? Yeah. that you want to start setting aside.
2: Yeah, I mean, long term the ninety percent rule kind of takes care of itself. That's, so you yeah. want to make sure that you have that surplus. Yeah. I recommend to guys. I really believe in, you know, somewhat Dave Ramsey's put out there as it relates to personal finances. If you can do three to six months, somewhere that's in true. there, of operating in a savings account, I think that's a very healthy kind of okay. model to start out in those first few years to have in savings to pull from as you go through summer dips and as you go through yeah. maybe a season where early on a family leaves, that's a big hit on you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. A key donor. So you, you want to believe God, but you want to be stewarding well what He's entrusted you to. Yeah. So balancing that faith and stewardship's is key, um, and I think you can do that through kind of having that money set aside for, yeah. for those things happening.
1: That's great. Talk to me about PL statements. A lot of pastors don't have any idea how to read, or if you ask them about the finances of their church, they talk about giving. Well, mm-hmm. What are some other areas you would encourage them to know the numbers and be looking at?
2: Yeah. So for ARC, we kind of divide your budget into big departments or areas as, uh, well, the budgeting model is 90% of last year's income and then 35-35-2010. And 35-35-2010 is breaking down into 35% or less salaries, 35% or less facilities, 20% going to ministry expenses, 10% going to missions. So that's a broad breakdown. Now you're going to have to Obviously, plug numbers into that, and you may have your facilities because you have a great setup, maybe a little bit less, and you can in the early years maybe put some of that to salary. So, you're gonna have to, you know, play with those numbers a little bit, but it's a great starting point yeah, sure. um, to build your budget on. And then, as it relates to a L what I'm recommending to a lot of guys that I'm talking to is if you, you know, there's two sides. So, there's some pastors who they can look at spreadsheets. They get it. Maybe they have a financial background or have overseen yeah. finances in a company or maybe in the church they were in before. Um, they may be able to look at a normal P&L spreadsheet and be able to interpret it, look at the big numbers and look at the areas that they need to focus on and get a good picture of how healthy they are and that mm-hmm. they're meeting their budget. Others may need to go in more of a visual visualization side of things. Sure. So everything in today's world as it relates to finances is going into data visualization. Sure. Um, And and that's because a as a pastor, when you start out, if you if you're not able to, you know, interpret and look at spreadsheets, you may need to put it in a visual format. Um, And then long term, you know, as you build out your team and you start to empower people uh, within your teams, I always tell pastors um, in the first few years. I believe the biggest step of faith you can take is to set up your infrastructure of your church in a way that can outgrow where it is now. Yeah, that's very Preparing for the doors you believe God's going to open in the future, yeah. have more resources coming in and more things. And you can only do that by building teams and empowering leaders underneath you. Yeah. So as you empower them, you know, some of those leaders may uh, not be able to, you know, interpret and manage their budget in the same way that others may not. So right. incorporating like a, Google Data Studio or uh, Tableau is a great tool as you grow that Life Church and Highlands is starting to use and others to kind of get date, data in a visual format. Um, I would highly recommend looking at some of those tools to pair alongside a normal PL that can show the same data just in a better format for you.
1: Uh, things to look at. You know, I hear a lot of guys say, well, I'm looking at giving per family, uh, giving yep. per service, things like that. How about expenses? How do you uh, how do you set up um, expense guardrails for different departments? Do You guys have any guidelines yeah. to follow as far as percentage to each department?
2: Yeah, So, um, you know, those 35 35 20 10 applies somewhat. You know, now once you get into the ministry side, it is a little mm-hmm. different, you know, and it just depends on you know, the church. So some have to early on hire contractors and worship and yeah. to fill certain voids that they have. So it fluctuates a lot. Yeah. That core is is kind of, you know, a starting point. And then you're gonna have to figure out if we have twenty percent in ministry for us as a church because you know, how we're set up, we're gonna have to focus more here to, to, to uh, worship or to yeah. audio visual or to children's area. But I will say as far as managing and making sure once you've set those budgets, making sure that those are hit, I highly recommend um, early on to um, use a PEX card or a solution maybe that can load funds onto a card. Yes. Um, that's a great option. We're actually building a company. I started deck. We're actually building a tool similar that actually allows for you to text out Apple pay, uh, through a text message an Apple pay card for someone to purchase with, which is great for volunteers. So you go through an approval process. You actually distribute a card out to a volunteer that's at Walmart. Yeah. To make that purchase. And then the cards removed right after. So you have security around a non-employee making purchases. Um, and you also know hey, you can load that card to an amount. That's only the budget that they have for that Sunday right. or that month so that they can't, they just physically cannot go above the budget. Um, so that's a, a great process to kind of put in order early yeah. on.
1: So I probably don't, I know a lot of planters, people work with church planners. I probably don't know anybody who has seen as many budgets as you have. Uh, <laughs> What are your, the most common mistakes? Like, again, people listening to this podcast, what are things that you say, I, if I could get you to do one thing or two things yeah. differently, here's the common mistakes I wish you wouldn't make.
2: Yeah. I would say the biggest one is understanding your bylaws and the approval processes mm-hmm. that, that need to be, need to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, our bylaws for our churches that, that, that we put out there and that they use always have it set up where the board's approving obviously as a nonprofit, the budget and any changes outside of that or financial commitments have to be approved by the board. Um, so that's a big piece. And then as it relates to the compensation side of things, um, you know, making sure that your board is empowered with some mechanism to make compensation decisions. What's the pastor making? Uh, there's some great compensation studies that are out there that are free. Um, so making sure they have that, and for your staff as well, to be able to use something to not just throw numbers out there, to make sure you're able to A, pay a competitive pay okay. to the people that you're hiring so you get good people, um, but also making sure that uh, you you have justification for salaries that are being paid. Yeah. Um, and so making sure that, that the really the biggest mistake is just all centered around make making sure that they go through the proper approval process with compensation and budgets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that protects them huge. How about policies? I also find like people will have a budget, but yep. they don't have a policy for how to handle reimbursements or how to handle, yes. you know, writing checks and these kind of things.
2: Yeah. And that's what, whenever I talk about developing kind of an infrastructure well beyond where you're at, yeah. um, that's one of those things, having policies that yeah. may have to be tweaked as you grow. But at the end of the day, if you hire someone, there's a document to go in a software of some kind, or maybe it's just a spreadsheet in the beginning that says, "Hey, if you need to do a reimbursement, here's how you do it." Sure. Um, and you know, a big mistake that um, that I see as it relates to policy for churches is they go in one of two directions. You know, the pendulum is for reimbursements and empowering leaders. Uh, is one side of the pendulum is just empowering people and letting them run an area and do whatever they want. Right. The other side is so locked down that, that only the pastor can do everything and, and, yeah. and he can only carry so much load. He only has right. so much that he's able to do. And in the middle, there's, a, there's an area where you empower people to make decisions, but there's approval processes throughout that. Yeah. Um, So before someone goes and submits a reimbursement, that's already been approved. Someone's already said, "Hey, yes, you can go purchase X, Y, and Z for us." Um, And here's the policy that outlines what you do and the steps that you take. And then once you do that, it's submitted for reimbursement, and that reimbursement happens. Yeah. Um, So I highly recommend you know making sure that a you 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 document some policies, and you know there's a lot of great organizations start church. I'm sure has some basic policies that, you know, you guys share with, with churches. We have some as well. Um, but just find a church to learn from, get some policies that they've implemented, tweak them to make them your own and then make sure you follow them and, and have a process that people uh, can follow to make sure that, 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 you empower people, but have accountability within that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, what are, I know a lot of people are portable in their first. Yeah. How many, what, what things can they set up for transferring money? How do you, a lot of guys are in a movie theater, they're in a school or something, there's, there's cash and checks and you guys have any suggestions on how they can keep that secure or any policies that you put into place when it comes to that?
2: Yeah, I highly recommend and everybody, you know, um, has opinions around this and every church is different, but I highly recommend pushing people to online giving yeah. as much as possible. Um, you pay fees related to credit cards and related to ACH, but there's a fee associated and a risk associated with yeah. processing checks and cash just as much. Yeah, it may not be as tangible, but at the end of the day, um, when someone gives online, that automatically deposits your bank. No one's having to go to a, yeah. a bank physically, make, do an offering count, pass buckets. And uh, and take that to to a bank to deposit it. Um, And so, I highly recommend pushing your online giving. I mean, Highlands pushes, pushes, pushes online giving because as you grow, it gets even you know bigger and even harder and even more risk associated with it. Got to be more um, efficient,
1: you know, more efficient to exactly done processed right there.
2: Exactly, and so um, you know, doing that is key. Now, you're always going to have some checks and cash that come through. You need to have a defined policy for offering counts. You need to have uh, have a document that's an offering count sheet that you can get in a lot of places. You can just search online and probably find a, a, one that, that you could use. Um, but I would have that offering count sheet. I would have a process and I would have uh, you know, what we call an accounting segregation of duties, have multiple people yeah. involved that you trust um, that can, uh, keep it from being one person having access to, to yeah, cash absolutely. that can easily, you're protecting, you know, your employees, protecting your volunteers by doing that. Um, and then having it, you know, a, a police officer on hand to be able to escort people, um, that, that are going to be taking that cash. Yeah. Um, you it's know, convenient. if it's portable gets, does get difficult. Cause you know, if you, you have a building, you can have a, safe and you can lock that up and then come get it the next, you know, work day yeah. um, to go make the deposit. If you know, if you're portable, you're not able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so you want to have a few people involved in that process that's and have great. a policy around it, which once again, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Churches have been doing this for years, yeah, find right. a policy and uh, and utilize it.
1: Tell us about DECA. You mentioned that a couple times. Talk yeah. to me about that organization, and what it's trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah, so um, years ago, before I came on at Arc, I created a company and uh, originally um, was designed to uh, be a billing solution for primarily for fraternities and sororities, so nonprofit organizations. Um, And how God typically works, you know, you think you're going in one direction, He kind of steers you in another. But um, but we shifted gears and um, uh, we started out with a giving solution. So uh, Deca today. Um, has kind of three main products that we offer. We offer uh, church and nonprofit giving. So we have a giving solution with text to give with or recurring giving, online giving, mobile responsive uh, webpage, all of that, that organizations use. Um, and, uh, and then we have a, uh, payment processing. So any form of payment processing that a church, a business an organization, uh, does, we offer that. And, uh, and uh, work with a ton of businesses and a ton of churches for their cafes and their sure. uh, bookstores and different things like that to offer either card present solutions or um, online payment uh, processing as well. And then we do social media marketing now. That's been a big uh, recent thing that we've rolled out. Uh, we have kind of a threefold mission to help churches uh, increase income, save money, and make a difference. And so increase income was always our heart. And we believe our giving solution helps do that. Uh, but we realized very quickly the greatest way to help the church increase its incomes, new people coming in the door. And as a yep. giving solution, we're really not able to do that. So we started doing this social media marketing to help us fill that value that we have and that, that uh, our heartbeat to do that. Second thing is, is uh, save money. So we have it set up where, with our processors that we partner with where we can be any processing rate out there. Wow. Um, so we, we, we wanted early on um, to be a company that. Um, churches and nonprofits could trust to come to us to hopefully partner with us to utilize our giving solution that we think yeah. is one of the best ones out there. Or at the least, let us be a, uh, a uh, asset to you to come to us and say, hey, I'm looking at these options. Can you help me navigate that and make sure mm-hmm. that I'm getting the best rate possible? Because there's a lot of um, you know people being overcharged in the payment processing world. Sure. So we want to help with that and then make a difference. So deck in the Greek means tithe, uh, giving back, the whole reason why we created DECA was to give back to missions and give back to church plantings. So we give 20% back actually to missions before we ever pay a dollar out to any, any uh, expense. Um, So we give off our profit, not our net. Um, And so that was really the heartbeat. It wasn't created to, um, to, you know, get rich quick or to make money off of really, truly in the name. The whole reason we created it was, um, I wanted to you know to give back and make a difference and I felt like you know one of the things I felt like God called me to do was to make a software that would outlast and be a legacy uh, for me and, and and for those that got to be a part of helping create it um, and then also to make a difference uh, yeah. and give back to missions as significantly and so that's kind of what we do and uh, it's been a fun journey I've, I've loved getting to you know, do that, and I've got a great team that runs that day-to-day uh, yeah. for me, uh, so I can continue to do what I do at, De- at ARC, in addition to DECA.
1: That's great. What, what, uh, in our last few moments here, what's on the agenda for ARC 2020? What, what What's God doing there?
2: Yeah, yeah, so we, we've had a, you know, great year, exciting uh, uh, year, and then, you know, 2020 is uh, kind of a, a banner year for us. It's 20 years for ARC, Um, So our conference in April will be our 20 uh, year reunion. It's going to be at Seacoast Church, um, which is amazing because Pastor Greg was, you know, the first one that uh, really started ARC alongside Billy Hornsby because he agreed to invest in two church plants um, that were launching out of Baton Rouge, which happened to be Chris Hodges and Rick Bazette. So he invested in the same model that we use today. He invested an amount upfront to them to launch their churches and help them meet budget for a period of time. And, uh, because both of those churches, uh, Church of the Highlands here in Birmingham and New Life Church in Conway, Arkansas were, were very successful. Um, they all in a room said, what if we did this, uh, together and, and made an organization to do this and start churches. And, uh, and so that's how ARC was, was formed 20 years ago. So it's really special to have it back at Seacoast and Charleston and Pastor Greg's church where it all started. Um, so we're they have a new building as well. So we're super excited about that. Um, that's on the horizon. We're in the process right now, uh, internally of doing a digital infrastructure, uh, overhaul at ARC, which we're really excited about. Um, we're gonna, you know, really invest some resources to build a great solution for our church planters are pastors that partner with Arc um, so they'll be a hub that they'll have access to with resources with ability to invest in Arc to track some metrics for themselves and yeah. see how they're doing and so we really visualize it as being kind of a you know one-stop shop somewhere they can go to to uh, pull resources and learn on different topics and get connected relationally which is the heartbeat of Arc then great back end tools for us to be able to manage our relationships and, and uh, our coaches and our pastors that, um, that give to ARC and, and, uh, and are a part of the family. And so we're super excited about that. Uh, hope, you know, we have a great amount of church planners in the pipeline next year. Wow. So we, uh, we, we really believe that we're going to, um, in the next year or two, we're going to be at the thousand mark of churches wow. that we've launched. So we're really super excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be a That's great a year. a lot. Yeah. Well, the people
1: want to know how to get a hold of you for DECA information or about our, where yeah. to they go?
2: Yeah. So, for DECA, go to uh, DECA, D E K A dot solutions. Uh, no.com. It's just DECA.solutions. Solutions. Um, you can get information there, learn about all the the solutions we offer, um, and then also there's a contact us. So you can just contact us on that page. We respond within you know, twenty within the one business day. Uh, so we'd love to connect with you that way on on the Deca side. And as far as ARC, you can go to our website to just get more information. It's arcchurches.com. A R C churches.com, and uh, got you know great kind of overview of our launch process for those who are thinking about launching a church, uh, a, a, a journey for people who are wanting to look to partner with ARC, whether that be through a church partnering or a resource partner looking to partner with us. Um, so you can get information there. And then anytime, if you're just wanting to shoot an email uh, to ARC, you can you can and get more information or talk with someone. Um, you can shoot an email to info at ARCchurches.com, or you can just give us a call at our, our uh, office number 205. 981-4566. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, for for the time, Nathan.
1: Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast, Derek. And we're just excited about next year anyway that obviously Star Church can help you. We'd love to have you back on the podcast maybe the next yeah. six months or something as a follow-up.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844 641 5718, or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.